0: Lot Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymous Bosch of Business, and whether you're a C suite consultant helping major firms to restructure more profitably, like Laura, or the head of an engineering firm who makes offices and labs move more efficiently, like Sanjeev. We're here to bring you the sage Council of business masters to help your career and your ventures. Now, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, The Art of the CEO streams magically through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download all our episodes by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the Art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com/slash the art of the CEO. So we invite you to listen and enjoy for uh, your own benefit and for the, your own entertainment. Now, today's episode is entitled The Internet: The Most Dangerous Source of Financial Advice. Yes, today we're going to lay out why the most convenient and plentiful and highest-tech financial advice may not necessarily be the one you need to be using. And by the blessings of the generous swift-winged fates, we have here with us Mr. Ken Kamen, president of Mercadian Asset Management and a nationally renowned authority on investing. In fact, Ken's the ones that the major media calls upon when they have some puzzling event that needs analyzing into plain English with a healthy dose of common sense. And at any rate, Ken will be here to help us find the right way to use the Internet's fiscal resources and also some other uh, investment knowledge availabilities. But before we whip up a pot of fiscal know-how, why don't we take a moment out there to supply you with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself And that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take a little time to dream and bring to light those hidden goals in your life? Or will you keep those true desires forever repressed under a load of daily routine? (laughs) The choice is truly yours. And as our second utensil, it's time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here. Okay, here's one. Here's one. 59. Everyone in our company has floated up to sea level. With all this chief executive oversight, we have no one left to do any work. <laughs> uh, as an afterthought, you know, I recently counted 46 chief something officer titles in current use. And while such uh, corporate knighthoods may make the honoree's chests swell, Does this really mean they work better? I don't know, just a thought. And as a third utensil, perhaps we should call today's utensil the fiscal fork, right now we are going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author as you believe him or her to be. Simply write down the name and mail it off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, we will send you an absolutely splendiferous gift, freshly torn from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, The price of inaction is far greater than the cost of a mistake, was none other than eBay CEO Meg Whitman. So now let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom and meet the man who blends uncommon sense with long experience in the realm of investment counseling, Mr. Ken Kamen. Ken, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Glad to be with you.
0: Oh, great. So glad you'd come in here. Now, uh, Ken, you're known on many of the major media and, and by your own book, Reclaim Your Your Nest Egg, Take Control of Your Financial Future. And all of these go behind your work as president of Mercadian Asset Management. Could you tell the folks a little bit about Mercadian, what they're going to find when they come in there for seeking a little financial aid?
1: Sure. Mercadian Asset Management is uh, what we used to call a full-service financial management firm. I like to refer to it as that we watch your financial back. We do everything from... deep financial planning to asset allocation to money management so if you're looking to lay down the burden of trying to figure out every last detail of your financial life we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you
0: all right sounds good sounds good now moving on to another source of financial advice let's uh move on to the internet at this point and You know, I think, frankly, we all sort of have this Internet attitude, and we view it as something sort of set apart as an information source. When it comes to an investment guide, are we fooling ourselves? I mean, how do you see people looking at the Internet? What kind of attitudes are you seeing?
1: I think the Internet is an absolutely tremendous resource. But like any tool or resource, if you don't use it correctly, it could hurt you. You wouldn't want to go into your toolbox and pull out a power drill without reading the instructions because you'll be drilling a hole in your foot You know, God forbid. Uh, And I think the Internet is the same way. When you really stop and think about it, the Internet is the best marketing machine man has ever created. It is the most efficient. It has the ability to target people in ways with information about them that people don't even know that they're putting out there about themselves. One of my favorite Mm. uh, quotes, if you will, is from Tim Cook uh, Uh of Apple. And uh, he often says that when you access free information on the web you are not the customer you're the product you know it's all the information yes. and the and the Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs that you leave behind about your your life that that just make you an unbelievably great target for marketers so you have to realize that when you're out searching or googling or binging any topic a lot of times those results are coming back to you with tremendous algorithms behind them for your specific you know, urges and itches. So it's likely that right. a lot of the information that's gonna come back to you you're gonna find very interesting and that's because web optimization works very, very well. So I'd say to people that when you access the web it's a great resource but you have to know how to use it correctly. I think you're
0: right. And I think the part of that is is the realization because a lot of us come from, say, the newspaper mag and magazine background, whereas the newspaper is news. You get the stock quotes and whereas as you so definitely put it the um internet is marketing. We are marketing here and somebody is trying to put something to you. Even social media isn't social. It's media friends. You're you have somebody who's pushing something pushing a message or a desire for for your action or cash. And I think that this is something that we have to realize uh but we also you know we have our own biases when we when we come to the internet um i you said it's a great resource but um you you it depends certainly how you search doesn't it to, a, to a large well, extent. so a
1: lot of that i mean i i'd like to add a little bit something to what you just said which is that you know it's sure. not that necessarily everything on the web is marketing as much as most of it's got a point of view. And you have to recognize uh. that when you're accessing information with a point of view, you kind of need to, to know from which direction that point comes from. A great way to illustrate that would be to, to, to stop and think about how, how we as individuals uh, affect the answers, let's say, a Google search will give us. Let's just pick something hypothetical, right. like whether we think uh. gold is a buy today, whether we think it's going to go up or okay. down in price, whether we should add that to right. our portfolio. If we went into the Google search bar and typed in, is gold a buy today, it is more than likely going to direct you to thousands and thousands of sites uh, and, and Trinkets of information about gold from a bullish standpoint, from a you know what we call yeah, the sure. bull you know bull case, because you put the word oh, buy, in buy. buy. Right. But if you put in the same question but just came out of a different way, is gold a sale today? Should I be selling my gold today? Which in which is really the same question, which is is gold a buy, sell, or hold? You're just trying to get a current feel for it in in this query. Well, if you ask the question, is gold a sale today, you're undoubtedly going to be led to thousands of uh, responses that, that are going to be towards the gold bears. So it's a perfect example or illustration of how the way you ask, I call it the oracle, the way you ask the, the, the magic right. eight ball called Google in your hand, the question has so much to do with how you, what answer you're going to get back and people just do not realize that. It is so I important. I think you're to-
0: right, but now I'm going to carry this on. Uh, so Let's take that same problem. Let's take it one step further. You tell me. I'm trying to find out what I should do with gold. How's, how should I search it? Or do I, so I search well, more I, than I, one whether place? Whether it's gold what or I anything
1: do? else, yeah, what you need to do is come up with three or four iterations of the same question so that when you access the information, you go in in two or three or four different ways. If you're really interested, it's one thing if you're just trying to find a restaurant in the area well familiar with Yelp yeah. or all these rating services. But if you're really trying to do research, you, 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 need to add, you need to form the question in a number of different ways to be able to challenge the answers that you get back. I think that's a very important thing to do. Uh, I think another important thing to yeah. do mm-hmm. is Go recognize ahead. that almost all the answers that are going to come to you on the first or second page of a Google all response, right. someone paid to put in front of you. And I don't mean the ads that are on top that are clearly labeled ads. There's a whole industry right, right. called you know uh, SEO, which is site right. optimization. They're just trying to get your message with keywords. So if you're looking for, I don't know, tires for your car, the local tire place might be, you know, trying to do what they call SEO to make them come up in the beginning of the search.
0: Sure, sure. So what you're saying is – Most of the things you're
1: going to see in the beginning, someone paid pretty good money to get in front of you. Sometimes the information you want is really on page 6, 7, or 8, but how many of us actually click through 6, 7, or 8 Google pages because we think we found the answer really early on?
0: yeah well there's a we all hang go for low hanging fruit, and I think you've said something here that uh i'd like to i'd like folks to remember and in both those both those points, Ken is saying uh what I consider a quill pen moment, and by that i mean it's something that's timeless you should take take your uh quill, take your pen dip it in the ink well and please write this down that you that research demands due diligence. If you're really lost, you don't ask for one source of direction. You don't just check the compass. You ask everybody around. Keep searching. Do your due diligence uh, when you're spreading out your own hard-earned cash. You labor hard for that stuff, folks. and, yeah, and- I, So, Ken, thanks for putting that in. But I think that you're you're right. The other thing that drives SEO is also popularity. That is the number of hits. And It's always seemed to me the most popular is what's most popular is not necessarily a really good standard for investment, right? Well,
1: Well, uh, that's absolutely true. I mean, just because the herd is marching in a particular direction doesn't mean you want to march with the herd. And keep in mind, when you march with the herd, you often get trampled when they go the other direction. I think that uh, when you're looking for information on the web, specifically when it comes to financial advice, you'd be well served to try to look for more academic things, things that maybe oh, have a okay. dot .edu at the end, that came from an, mm-hmm. uh, you know some sort of institution. Uh, and I'm not saying right. that the largest and even the smallest uh, financial institutions aren't putting out very, very good information, but I think it's very important. Uh, to understand the biases of the firms that you come from. I often say that once you choose your advisor, you have chosen your advice. And what I mean by that is if you're going to go to a website, you know, sticking with the gold uh, analogy, from a company who markets gold, it is not reasonable Mm -hmm. to think that they're going to be giving you a a negative case on gold. So it's very important to understand from where your information comes. One of the things that's very good to do in the in the financial world, and very few people do it, right. is look for, as I say, these .edu things. It is amazing right. how much research is out there that are doctorate thesis on you know topics that are 80 and 90 pages long on the most esoteric financial topic written by someone <laughs> who's just trying to get their doctorate. So they're putting out a well-exhausted, uh, well-researched uh, research uh, uh compendium of tons of material and all of that is out there almost every research uh, thesis that someone's done for a masters or a doctorate you could find on the web and you'd be amazed at how esoteric as I said some of these topics are so it takes a little time to go search up some of these things and you have to actually be willing to read what you get because we're all too comfortable (laughs) finding the first 500 words to seem to answer our question and then move on. Remember when you go to the internet, it's not drinking from a garden hose. You are literally drinking from a fire hydrant, and in doing I that, you're right. there's so Absolutely. much coming out. You you have to be willing to mm-hmm. take the time to sift through what answers you get.
0: I think I think you're really right. We 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 are inflicted with the the TM data, too much data, and the fact is, I'd just like to add that we are not seeking data. We're seeking Wisdom, and part of that is realizing, as you say, Ken, the right authority, but also realizing that every authority—and this is whether you get it on the internet, the newspaper, whether I walk into a fabulous firm like Mercadian or one that's a lot that's so shady that they're in a tent—I, I, every single person, every single individual, has their opinion, and you want them to, and. So along that line... I, but wait, I, can I, I just challenge can't. you
1: on one thing? Yeah, sure. Well, let me go, ahead. Challenge you. You go ahead. You, you said people me. are looking for wisdom. I don't think that's the case most of the time. Most of the time, people are just looking for an answer. They have a question. They have an itch that needs to be scratched. They're sitting around, to use another metaphor, there were a bunch of people, and they go, what is... When was Babe Ruth born? And it's easy to just go get that answer and go, look, as when Babe Ruth was born. Most people are just trying to get an answer. They're not really seeking wisdom. Most people don't take the time to find the answers that they want in context. They find them in the context of the question they ask at the moment, not necessarily of what they really need. You know, when you go into a doctor's office, uh, <clears throat> doctors now tell me when I ask them, when people come in, do they self-diagnose themselves from going on places like WebMD, and it's like an epidemic with doctors now. People go in having read, you know, my knee hurts. Right. I already know I have this, this, and this. Oh, and the yeah, doctor yeah. Well, let me take a moment to, to, you know, take a look and see what I think, and then the doctor will laugh and say, do you realize the thing you said that you had might only happen to women or only happen to people in the Southern Hemisphere? You didn't read the 18th paragraph in that thing, so you can't possibly oh, have yeah. what you think you have. And that's really what oh. happens in... Uh, in the financial world, too. People will find a lot of things that mm-hmm. seem right to yeah, yeah. them but they don't spend the time to get as you said the wisdom to read deep into these things or the disclaimers because so much of the financial world is not in the big print so much of the financial world is in the small print and it's the disclaimers oh, that's true. and the special situations that you know something might not apply that you need to be reading through to make sure you're not one of those special situations so that's why i think in many cases the web could be a weapon of your financial destruction because you don't take the time to really mind through for the small nuggets you need. It's not that the Web is a bad place to do homework.
0: Ken, I think think you're right. And I want you to notice, ladies and gentlemen, that Ken caught me right there because he listened to what I said. I said people seek wisdom. I meant people should seek wisdom. And this is the difference. It's knowing what you're you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're hearing, not... uh, the quick, the quick answer as to uh when when babe Ruth was born now, ladies and gentlemen, at this point. Uh, we have come to the midpoint of uh, The Art of the CEO Radio Show, which is streaming live to you from blogtalkradio.com. And since we've come to uh, the middle and the waste of our show and our feast, I think it's time to take a brief sorbet. And so allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing. Creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit Bart'sBooks.com. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a, a really a, a really wide wealth of practical wisdom from all sorts of business masters. And today, Prometheus would like uh, you to take a look at their bookstore and look at one specific volume called Leadership Secrets of Hillary Clinton by Rebecca Schombau. Now, if, if you've ever wondered how you have this woman who has magnificently positioned herself for a shot at the Oval Office and the first woman in the Oval Office, how does she gather her team, how does she build consensus, how does she motivate all the people around her? it may just pay to find out a few of her tricks and see some of the techniques for yourself. So visit Bart'sBooks.com and read what you need. Also, we invite you to keep an eye out for Bart's Books' upcoming series, The Best in the Business, which is concise counsel and profiles of the successful master that shows how they got that way and how they stay on the top of their game. So so ladies and gentlemen and those merry souls who are soldiering on in their careers with or without the benefit of air conditioning, we are back with the Art of the radio show it's Art of the CEO, let me get that right, CEO radio show on Blog Talk Radio and with our guide to investment due diligence, Mr. Ken Kamen. Now Ken, I've got uh, I've got a personal question here that uh, I, I think that, that that you're just the man to help me out with. I've got this uncle. You see, he rents a room over my dad's garage, and he just gave me this surefire investment tip. I mean, it's a stock that uh, he's been he's been playing the market for years, Ken. And he says that here's a stock that all the big players are going afterwards. What do you think? I think I should jump in with both feet. Don't you? Uh,
1: probably not. Um doesn't mean that it's a bad idea. I would spend some time trying to looking into it to research it. Uh but you know, most of the time uh, if you're telling me that you have some play money and you want to put a little bit into it because you want to be able to follow it with a rooting interest, that's fine. But to kind of plow in thinking someone just gave you, the you know, the keys to the uh, enchanted city uh, would be not a wise thing. Remember, diversification is the key to financial success. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you, you brought up in some ways a little microcosm of the bigger issue, which is the media today. You know, people are hearing in uh, the media, you know, that tip. They'll listen to, you know, Without using names, there are many people on TV that are giving you stock advice and and the, and the tip de jour. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, it's analogous to your you know question. It used to be just your rich uncle would give you a stock tip. Now you have a tsunami of media trying to screw you into the ground, telling you twelve zillion different directions to go in. So media is also part of the current you know confusion of the investment world as well, as is your friend that lives above the, your father's garage. Right. <laughs>
0: You know, that is true. I'm glad you brought that up because, uh... We have so much media. We now have the 24/7 news cycle, and nowhere is that more evident than in the world of finance. You can. It's worse than that. We have opinion
1: radio. It's opinion media. You could turn into a television station now or a radio station that will just give you news that is that is packaged in a way to confirm your biases already. So if you know, if you, we all know the Fox MSNBC difference. Uh, you sure. know, if you oh, leave yeah, yeah, one yeah. way, you could go to, you know, the, the, like to hang out at a club. Listening to some of these medias is like hanging out in a club of like thinking. And I always say to people when it comes to consuming media, if you're a Fox listener, you got to at least make sure you listen to an hour or two a week of MSNBC or vice versa, just so you get the other point of view.
0: That, okay, but now here's my other question. Then how is it really worth Listening. Am I going to enhance if I if I'm going to spend an hour or two hours listening to each of those shows? Where might I better be spending my investment time? I, is it worth listening to these to either of them? Should I not be spending my time, uh, my investment research hours somewhere else?
1: Well, I don't believe that listening to the television is your investment research at all. I mean, in many cases, I did a whole chapter in my book, and I called it Ignore the Noise, because there's just so much (laughs) noise screwing everyone into the ground in the media. The 24-hour news cycle uh, has really just created the need to create urgency around everything. And at the risk Mm -hmm. of alienating myself, because I do these networks regularly a few times a month, and the reality of it is, you know, we're commenting on what's going on that day. I try to give a much longer term uh, prospect of uh, perspective on what's going on because what, what, the immediate is never really the best thing for you. I think it's important if you're listening, to, you know, to see if there's some world event or some earth-shaking, you know, piece of news. I mean, it is worthwhile to know. That you know, if Europe's financial crisis is so bad, it's going to you know be sinking into the Mediterranean. You might want to know that from right. the headlines. But as we've seen, for example, currently today, the uh, Greek life, bailout though. is the issue. I mean, we've been hearing right. Greek going you know going out of the euro for the last four or five years. If you would have been trading on that like as it was immediate news, you would have been making a bunch of tremendously bad decisions. I will say this. The, the financial uh-huh. media is geared way yeah. more to the day trader, and the day trader is a yes. small fraction of those out there. Those that are saving for their retirement, for their future, that are trying to build uh-huh. their nest egg, that are really striving to not run out of dollars before they run out of heartbeats, turn the television right. off. They're not giving you any information that is going to be useful for you in doing that. What I often say my brand I'm kind of known at this at CNBC. I said uh-huh. that uh, what I try to do is is give someone the, the information that they need you know, to, to see if there's anything to be alarmed about. So I, I was quoted as saying that my listener should be someone who's been playing golf in the morning and then turns on the right. TV while making a tuna fish sandwich at lunch just to find out if there's anything they need to be freaking out about. And if there's nothing to be freaking right. out about, go have a nice afternoon. Because really, right. you know, investing is a long-term prospect unless you're a day trader. And if you're a day trader, then, you know, you, you have your own algorithms and computers that you're thinking about.
0: You may, but I'll tell you this. Most day traders, and I think you'll back me up on this, most day traders lose money. Absolutely. And it's and so I think that uh, if, if you're going to look at it with the Atlantic City uh, or casino attitude, of I'm investing in a company investing. that makes that's something. Clean. That yeah, that's that's that inve- You might as well invest in Three Queens. Yeah, uh, that's not in And uh, and that's no. And, and for some, that's fun. And, you know what? But, but, let me just say this. I would it's, say it's really... only use only use what you consider fun money in that case. I mean, come Fair on. Fair enough, now,
1: right? Well, people won't realize about news today, the media, is that the hottest growing spot in the news market is what they call digitized news. Now companies like yeah. Dow Jones, and your, your listeners could go Google this, Dow Jones now digitizes the news and feeds the news directly into these algorithms. So what it, if the president says something, there's already been 2 million trades that have been fired off on it before uh, you know, Walter Cronkite could get it out of his mouth. You know, by the time they're going <laughs> da, 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 breaking news, the computers have already done a million trades on it because the news has already been digitized. So you can't be trading on news. That's a fool's errand in a certain and a sure way to to leave your right. nest egg in your rearview mirror.
0: Okay, I think you're right. Now, Ken, uh, I want to get uh, uh, find out one thing before we before we take off, and I have a couple more questions, but I, I, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everyone. Learns how can we get a copy of "Reclaim Your Nest Egg, Take Control of Your Financial Future"? Where can we get it?
1: Well, the phrase proverbial wherever books are sold. It's on Amazon.com, and you can order it in any bookstore. It's readily available from uh, Bloomberg and Bloomberg Press and uh, Wiley. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, I just uh, one other thing that I, I wanted to ask you, and we're uh, before we leave, you have a uh, chapter in your book about eliminating what you call head trash, the misconceptions and mythologies that most of us carry around when we make our investment decisions. You mentioned one where you talked about how the media is pushing us with this sense of urgency, and it's not. Got a, give us two more pieces of head trash that we really need to rip out of our, our uh, investment thinking.
1: Sure. I mean, the concept of hair trash came from me thinking about we have this mental landfill in our brains of bad ideas (laughs) about finance from things we've seen. You know, it's the emotion that makes you want to buy a stock when it's running up and sell it when it's coming down. So, so many people buy high and sell low, which is certainly not a formula for success. Uh, That would certainly be one of them, which is riding the current wave. Emotionally, we all Mm -hmm. think what's happening now is going to continue. So we're investing for the environment that we're in, not the environment we're going to. And the often used quote, it's a great one, Wayne Gretzky, you got to be skating to where the puck is going, not where the puck is right now. So that's one of the biggest forms of head trash right there. You know? Okay.
0: Uh, Ken, you know? I hate to cut you off, but we have come, we have come to the end of the show, and uh, you reminded me of that great saying by Baron Rothschild, fortune, fortunes are made by buying low and selling too soon. <laughs> so. <laughs> Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to have to have you pleasure. back on. All righty, and we will have you on. And so, as we round out today's show, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to leave you with today's business quotation. Who is the person who said, "Rise early, work hard, strike oil," well? and as a hint, this man did all three. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just write that down. Write the, the author's name and send that to info at and you will win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Book bookstore, if you get it right. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if you really believe you're the smartest guy in the rooms, you are not nearly as wise as you need to be. So, To all my faithful and playful listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show uh, as as much as Ken and I have. And remember, you may download this and all our shows on blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheCEO. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you.